Welcome to another online exclusive Player One interview. I am executive producer Connor, joined alongside by the absolutely fantastic June Rhodes. June, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. So we are both involved in Melbourne International Games Week, specifically the GCAP event. And before we really get into your work and everything you've done in the past, let's talk about GCAP. So let's sort of give an explanation to what GCAP is for anyone who isn't in the know. GCAP is like the, uh, it's kind of, I guess it's the, the premier game development to a conference for Australia. So there's a bunch of talks on, you can meet with people uh, and network, and they always have good content on. Anything in particular that you're excited about? Well, I had I, I didn't I didn't actually get to catch the keynote on the uh, Monday morning, unfortunately. But I did catch some of the engineering talks uh, yesterday afternoon. They were pretty good, uh, and I was also uh, watching some of the um, the business and marketing talks uh, earlier this morning, and they were pretty pretty excellent as well. So I'm looking forward to some of the talks later this afternoon. And uh, yeah, oh, fantastic! And for context, this is being recorded on October sixth. So when this comes out, it might be a later date, but more so, more so I want to focus on you and your work. Tell us what you do in the games industry. I am a solo developer. I, I uh, run a company called uh, Redpoint Games um, for probably the last, well, I'd say almost since like February, March, I've been doing a lot of like plugin development for Unreal Engine developers. So basically what I do is I, I build common functionality that, um, developers would be interested in. Uh, I sell it on the Unreal Engine marketplace uh, and then, uh, you know, developers will, you know, come along, buy that software uh, and then I'll have to, you know, support them if necessary. Yeah, it's sort of what I'm, what I'm primarily doing at the moment. Um, in the past, I've also done, you know, game development. I've worked on titles, uh, some released, some not released. Well, I guess what's the big difference from, say, working specifically with yourself rather than with a company? It is, it is quite different, especially in, I think, the, the current climate. I can't speak too much to what it's like to be working in a company entirely online, but it is a very different feel because, you know, as a, as a solo dev who is, you know, supporting customers directly, you know, I have a lot more flexibility on sort of like my hours and, and my time schedule. Part of the people I support, they'll be overseas. So sometimes, you know, I'll be more flexible in terms of, you know, starting later and working later. But it's, it's a lot more flexible in terms of, it's also to do with, I guess, the area that I'm in because, you know, I'm not, or at least I'm currently not doing like contracting work for a particular company because I'm building software and releasing it. There isn't so much of this thing like, you know, being online at 9am to talk with colleagues or anything like that. Have you found that there's potentially a growth in productivity? I, 
I don't know. It's, I think so. I mean, it's definitely a lot less stress. Uh, I'll, I'll say that for sure. I don't know. It's, it, that's kind of a, a hard question. Like sometimes I'll, I'll, you know, sometimes I'll work pretty hard and probably do more hours in a week than I normally would. But then there's other weeks when I, when I take less time um, to kind of compensate for that. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, it is, it is very much, I guess, a case that I can focus a lot more because I don't, like I still do have to respond to support questions when they come up, but I don't know. I, don't, I guess I don't have meetings <laughs> during the day, if that makes sense. Um, Mostly just meetings with yourself trying to figure out what to do. I have a reasonable idea of what tasks I have to do because, I mean, I'm the one setting the tasks, right? So I don't have to have a meeting to figure out, like, what, what's the priority. Um, obviously, I take feedback from um, customers and, and kind of incorporate that into what the, the schedule and what the roadmap kind of looks like. But, you know, I already have a clear picture of what's going on, so I can, I can sort of just get on with the work. And more specifically, what led to you choosing the Unreal Engine for uh, your work? It's kind of interesting, actually. So, uh, you know, earlier in the year, I was actually contemplating getting out of game dev, and I had worked with I had worked with Unreal. I'd done um, I, I worked on a title back in I think it's 2017, 2018. I might be mixing up my years. Then I was working with a few other people on the title, and it wasn't really. Like it, it, we, we kind of ran out of runway for our funding. I worked overseas for a bit. I came back to Australia. Well, I came back to Australia in kind of December of last year. I finished up there in kind of February-ish, which is probably right before COVID kicked in. Very good um, timing. Yeah. And so I was sort of trying to figure out what I was going to do next. And so I kind of started playing around with this prototype that I've worked on a few years before. And that prototype was in Unreal. And then you know, I started building this functionality out for this prototype and I kind of had this realization. It's like, well, I'm building this kind of functionality in the prototype that, you know, I would need if I wanted to take the prototype to a publisher or something like that. But it is a prototype and it might never see the light of day. So if I build that functionality in a way that's reusable for other developers, then at the very least, I can put it on the marketplace and at least get some return on my investment, even if that prototype never goes anywhere. And so that's kind of how I ended up doing plugin development, I guess, very heavily. You know, originally I was like, I'll only do it for like a month, you know, it'll be a month to, to sort this out. And here we are like six or seven months later and I'm still kind of, you know, working on that stuff pretty heavily. So. And you've been able to sustain a, a decent income from it? It's, it pays my rent and I, yeah. I don't know how much I can speak to like in terms of comparing it to a salary is, is kind of hard because you get these kind of peaks and troughs in terms of like, well, for example, last month I, I did a release for a plugin that I knew quite a number of people were waiting on and I had pretty decent sales from that because I knew, because there were people who were waiting on it ready to purchase it. Um, but then of course, you know, that as you kind of see in a lot of product sales based things, and that does kind of taper off over time. So it isn't really, it, it's very hard to say like, oh, okay, it pays a decent wage every month because it's, mm. I'm not getting paid a wage. I'm getting paid the sales. So, you know, there's, there's months that I get paid more, there's months I get paid less. And then hopefully the idea is that it on over time, you know, it works out. It's definitely an interesting part because I would think that potentially some people would be using that kind of um, occupation as a hobby and then whilst holding a second job, you've been able to almost make a stable living off. Yeah, it's 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 definitely doing like it's doing well enough for me to continue it is is sort of where yeah. it's at right now. You know, it's not it's not going like super amazingly, but it is enough to continue doing it. And because it has the lifestyle benefits of like the less stress, the less anxiety, those are very important to me, right? just based on where I am right now in my career. Is there almost like a sense of content in that sort of 
living? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it, it is. It is like it is comfortable in that sense, right? Like you know, yeah, okay. Like I said, it's not. It doesn't pay amazingly, but it does. You know, it's comfortable. So, not having the stress. And is there that desire to potentially go back to another company to work on their game per se? Look, I don't know yet. So, like as I mentioned, you know, I was working on that prototype, but that's kind of how I've got into this. I still feel like once things settle down, like, cause obviously I'm, I'm building products that sort of spawn mm. off that prototype. I think maybe if, if, and when things settle down, I might return back to that prototype cause now I've got all the functionality I kind of need to build it and kind of see where that goes. Um, I think that might be the next step. If you would look, I don't know, eight, 12 months in the future where that might, where that might end up. Um, yep. But right now it's still very much a case of like, you know, I still have a lot of features and, and customer requests to get through. So that's still kind of like the primary thing I'm focusing on right now. Is there any sort of long-term goal that you want to reach with this? Because it's kind of thing that I've kind of stumbled into and I'm still kind of seeing how it goes. Like, as I mentioned, it, it's, it's doing well enough that I can continue with it. I don't know. There isn't really kind of that, that long-term like goal of like, oh, I want to make X amount of sales or, yep. um, you know, anything like that. It's kind of like, well, you know, it's, you know, it's paying its way at the moment. So it's less stress. So it's, it's, kind of meeting kind of my, my goals in terms of what I'm looking for in terms of the working experience. And I think in terms of like skills as well, you know, like I touch all sorts of parts of like the Unreal Engine, right? So I get to learn very deeply how that engine works and then all. So it's definitely not like, you know, I'm kind of just doing this and, and stagnating in terms of my skill set. It's I'm, I'm still learning new things every day about how mm. Unreal Engine works. So this is with Unreal Engine 4, correct? Yes. What are your thoughts about the upcoming Unreal Engine 5 slated for the next generation of consoles? It looks amazing. I saw the demo video and I just like, oh my God, it's, it's, it's mind blowing. Like I think, yeah, I think it's going to, I think it's going to be uh, really amazing. I'm looking forward to, to seeing kind of that tech come out. Um, obviously given what I do, like I think even though it is Unreal Engine 5, I think it is still the parts of the engine that I work with, I, I feel is probably going to be a much more incremental upgrade than necessarily sort of like the graphics and stuff, which are obviously getting big overhauls, but I'm still looking forward to, to seeing it. What are the challenges that you think will arise working with an updated Unreal Engine? There's always kind of like the, you know, what APIs have changed, that sort of thing. And in, term, in terms of for me, it's, you know, update the plugins to work with those new set of APIs. But that's kind of like the extent of like the challenges. And, and usually, at least what I've found is the APIs don't change too drastically um, in each release. Again, at least in the areas that I'm kind of working with. For clarification, what do APIs stand for? Uh, uh, they stand for uh, Application Programming Interface. Uh, so yep. it's kind of like the way the plugin talks to the engine and the engine talks to the plugin. And so if those change between versions, then you have to update, like when you release a new version of the plugin, you have to update it to work with the new uh, APIs that are uh, present. Because I think for a lot of our listeners who may not necessarily be into game development or potentially maybe haven't thought about it, yeah, definitely that. Like I love having the explanation of how everything works. But going back into game development, when did you decide that this you wanted this to be your career? Oh, when I wanted game development to be my career. I think that was when I was like 10 years old. I've been making games. <laughs> I've been making games since I was in primary school. So I've been in doing it for a very long time. You know, I started, I started out with Game Maker, XNA, Monogame for many years there. And then it was sort of like 2017 where I was started playing around with Unreal Engine. And I was like, okay, this is, 
this is much better than riding your own engine, uh, which is what I was doing before that. So it was almost just something that you were you were meant to do. I don't know. I've just it's always fascinated me, and and the thing is because games. Because game development is so broad in terms of like, even if you just look at the technical side of things, there's, you know, you've like got like graphics, you've got networking, you've got gameplay, you've got like, there's so many different areas that you can deep dive into and, you know, interesting challenges in each of them. I'm never short of a challenge. Have you thought about potentially like expanding your current skill set? So is there any areas of game development that you maybe haven't tackled that you're really interested in going headfirst into? AI is something that is always, I've always found kind of, a particular challenge you know i think i would like to maybe do some more work in there but it doesn't quite at the, at the moment it's not quite aligned with what i'm working on it's something that interests me and something that it's always kind of been i guess a, a challenging area for me so i think that's probably where i would maybe look like to look at i would say maybe if there is a long-term goal is it to be potentially recruited by a large company I've definitely found through past experience that I don't really prefer big companies. Yeah. I think there's a point where a company kind of just gets too large for, it's it's more about like kind of having an impact and, and, how, and being able to kind of affect change. And I find that as companies kind of get larger, it becomes less practical and you have less of an impact. That's maybe just my personal experience, but, you know, I kind of prefer to work in environments where I can have, you know, and I've been running, so, so for context, you know, Redpoint Games, I've been running that since, well, almost, I would say secondary college, really, in terms of how long I've had that kind of business. And it's gone through a lot of different products and a lot of different, you know, projects that I've worked on. That's definitely where I'm the most comfortable is, is having that flexibility of running my own company and, and working for myself and then being able to take on, you know, various projects, whether that's, you know, building products to sell or whether that's doing contracting work, you know, having that, that flexibility is, is just important to me. You prefer controlling your own destiny. Yeah, I think so. I like that you have that, that confidence within yourself to be like, hey, I'm going to do things my own way. I mean, it's definitely been a learning and it, it's not for everyone. Like running a business is certainly not easy, but it's, uh, yeah, it's just where I'm most comfortable, I think. And as we start to sort of slowly wind down here, what are you currently playing right now? I'm playing Spelunky 2. That came out a few days ago. That's, that's great. I've been having lots of fun with that. Do you mostly play more so indie games? I would say so. I don't. I don't actually play that many games. It's 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 very <laughs> weird. It's kind of like the you know it's the age old problem of you know you, you work in games and you're too busy to play games. But you know like I, I'm definitely playing Spelunky too. I'm trying to think of what else I've played recently. So, but I do. I, I guess I do probably tend towards more like the indie games. I certainly don't really tend to play big AAA titles. No, that's fair. With the rise of indie games, do you feel like that wave is going to continue? I think maybe we've reached a point where it's sort of, I think the lines between indie and AA and AAA are very blurry now. I don't necessarily know if there's a, I don't necessarily know if you can kind of draw a line around indie and say, oh, this is, this is indie. Hmm. I think it's, I think the industry as a whole is probably far more, um, maybe a bit harder of a question to answer because, you know, I don't necessarily see that necessarily that indie segment growing. It, it, they're just games and there's no reason to necessarily put the labels on them. Like, I don't necessarily segment games into, like, AAA and indie. I mean, you can look at, like, budgets and stuff and you can kind of get a rough approximation, but there's so many ways to categorise indie, whether you look at, like, you know, the budget in terms of financial, you look at the team size, you look at the structure, you look at whether they have a publisher. Like, there's, there's so many different elements that go into making a game and everyone kind of has their own... <laughs> Like to, to, to kind of draw that line around and say, well, this is indie. I don't necessarily think that's particularly a, a good thing to do. I think kind of just let 
game developers, regardless of their team size, find out what works for them. June, thank you so much for jumping on to Player One. Before you go, you want to throw up your socials? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at HQ, so that's H-A-C-H-Q-U-E. You can also find Redpoint Games at redpoint.games. That is the entire domain. There's no www, there's no .com, it's just redpoint.games. <laughs> From redpoint.games, you can find our Discord and a few other links as well as uh, games we've released. And yeah. Oh, fantastic, fantastic. Thank you so much for jumping on. Thanks for having me. And if you want to catch any previous interviews, podcasts, segments, all that good stuff, go check us out on the interwebs at player one sin on twitter facebook and instagram and go check us out in the podcast realm at apple Podcasts, omni google Podcasts, spotify stitcher and soon to be amazon that's actually happening and we will catch you next time on player one